0: shit 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 show it's a fucking shit show.
1: shit show welcome back to shit show saturday we have a shit show staple karen shit show karen the uh, group would never be the same without shit show karen welcome aboard <laughs> thank you
0: thank you <laughs> i definitely belong here
1: yeah karen's always the one that like when it's like a moment of silence it's like karen ha- doesn't realize it and then you just hear in the background
0: oh shit <laughs> yeah I need to work on some yeah no I yeah like same thing, pull Pulling a
1: Karen we love, a Karen. love it mm, okay so what song do you want to play when you walk into a room
0: you know I um I'm a music nerd like I really get it I get I really like almost obsessive and really I didn't know this about you yeah i mean i just there i think that early on you know like i've shared with you that there was like a, kind of a lonely childhood i just mm-hmm. music made things better and yeah. so
1: it's how you checked out
0: that's yeah yeah and so it's the chili peppers all the way what's song? um let's do either let's do can't stop okay
1: <laughs> she's she's doing some sweet moves now. Um, okay,
0: carbohydrate. Gosh. I mean, I'm one of those I would answer any. I would say there's something especially good. I don't know what it is. I had sourdough bread the other day, like real, it was so good. So, so good. Yeah, sourdough. Sourdough is especially good, but I don't get it that often. I would just say basically anything crunchy, salty.
1: Wasn't it funny in the episode this week when I was like, so asking you your favorite carb is like me asking you, you asking me my favorite drink, alcoholic beverage. <laughs> I was like, whoops. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, cheese.
0: Um, I live in North Carolina and there's a lot of like rural stuff like that. Um, and the- goat cheese. Goat but- cheese. Yeah, folks around here that will get a farm and yeah own and it's so good. Have you had the, the blueberry kind before? I'm sure I have. It's so good. Um okay. I mean I've tried all the fruits, you know. All the fruits. Um I
1: know the I know the answer to this, but what's your favorite condiment?
0: Yeah, so I uh, sour cream. Mm -hmm. You know, every week when I hear people answer this question, I'm like, you know, the one thing that tastes so good is darn sour cream on. Yes. Anything,
1: you know, one thing that you should try, we actually discovered this in Australia, like a long, when we went there, when I was a little kid. So basically roasted potatoes, like get them really nice and crispy and you serve it with, I think I might've actually shared this on, um, Ramiro's episode, But sour cream and sweet chili sauce.
0: Sweet chili sauce, no, it's so
1: good. Hmm, I might have to try that. It's really good. You're gonna like it. I'm positive. So, what do you?
0: What do you like? What's your favorite thing to put sour cream on? I hate baked potatoes. It's not that. um, God, baked potatoes are only good when
1: you add the sour cream and a lot of fucking cheese.
0: Bacon. And a lot of bacon and some chives. Yeah, yeah. And still, even then. Um, <laughs>
1: still in that, I'm but, only eating the toppings.
0: <laughs> I would say, you know, um, like a Mexican, the salad, and it has, oh my gosh. You know that shit? Yes, all that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did you realize that you were an adult child?
0: So um, in my 30s was the first time it was brought up to me the term itself yeah and mm-hmm. that this person that um that I was you know telling some of my stuff to she like cut out an article from the newspaper and I ended up going to like one meeting and it, like like i say this was like tw- 15 years ago or something like that and uh, I don't know. It just the the program scene- I just felt like you know this is for people whose alcoholic parent beat them or mm-hmm. you know some type of really horrendous act, and i my parents were both really loving people. I know they tried their best
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I just but my dad he just he. Was an alcoholic. Um, He fi- he stopped drinking when I was eight. I remember, and I'm sorry, I'm totally going out of order. Oh,
1: you're we chat with
0: whatever we
1: we, we chat with whatever comes up.
0: So, yeah. So he stopped drinking when I was eight. I remember, I had asked him to do something to my bike, and it was on a Saturday. And when I got home. I just knew, like, I really, I was all over the neighborhood on my bike. So it wasn't, like, I just used it once a year. I used it all day long. And it wouldn't, something was really wrong with it. And I just needed him to, like, look at it or take it to the bike shop or just handle it, you know. Just handle like, oh, it. <laughs> right. And um, when I got him, it was, like, untouched completely. Like, exactly where I left it. hmm And, And so I just said, you know, will you please stop? Because I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know that you're ingesting, you know, a drink. I just know that every once in a while, which pretty much was a daily thing, you just check out, you go away and you act weird. And, you know, I didn't understand it, but, um. So he stopped drinking when I was eight, and my mom was, I guess, the co-dependent. She's very dependent, um, and you know they had my brothers, and then fifteen years later they had me, uh, which is weird itself. Like the structure mm-hmm. of our family is weird, mm-hmm. and then you throw in, you know, my dad's drinking problem, my mom's codependency, and then. My oldest brother, he's he's no longer here, but he is the one, I think, that was impacted the most because he went and did the exact same things as my dad. And he just ended up slowly ruining his life, um, you know. Lost job after job after job after job and ended up getting sober but never like the emotional sobriety thing you know just very angry at the world all the time so I grew up with fights breaking out downstairs you know while I'm asleep and waking up to it and it's kind of like you feeling like kind of stimulated by your parents arguing I was like what the hell is all this drama because my brother would be you know long distance on the phone, pitching someone out, and meanwhile the whole family is like asleep and that was that was more painful than my dad's drinking I think was your brother mhm how old was he when you or how old was he when he passed away? I mean he was older he was like in his sixties and. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, he could have died a million times over when he was drinking, like wrecked cars, bar fights. I mean, my mom always said it's shocking he's alive. Um, Did
1: you guys ever have a close relationship? I mean, the the age gap is so severe.
0: So, yes, my brothers kind of felt like cousins in a sense, but yet the very same parent so uh, yeah I mean I had always wished that I had a sibling Mm -hmm. you know because it was really like two different families it was the family and then you know for 16 years and then oh we're starting over and I think I became my um my mom's like people bring up in group, kind of becoming like an adult early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I was like that with my mom, like really young. I just remember, you know, feeling like an a grown up and like her peer, you know, I knew she loved me, but I felt like she was confiding in me sometimes almost. Mm-hmm. So when your dad stopped
1: drinking, like was that like um Was that something that was discussed or just something that you
0: noticed? No, I brought it up that bicycle incident. And I was like, will you please stop doing whatever you're doing basically. And that along with, I'm sure my mom's nagging for, for forever. Um, And I don't mean to imply that, Oh, I just saved the day. I think, it it was sort of like my mom had been building and building and building it's mm-hmm. like come on fix the kickstand mhm you know take 30 minutes whatever um and then that um he went into rehab did he go to meet like was he like in aa see that No.
1: Mm-mm. yeah dry yeah yeah um so then... Okay, so then you went so you discovered ACA 15 years ago. So then what was it in the past
0: year or so? <laughs> that, that brought me back you. Yeah. 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 So um I lost my mom like uh not this past September, but the other, the one before. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to grief podcasts like crazy. Um and then I guess I got sidetracked, like mental health type stuff, somehow found you, you know, and then I started listening to this stuff and I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, it's that feeling like, wait a second. Like this, you talk about the small traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think I was just very, very lonely. I, you know, my brothers were gone. Mm hmm just me my dad was checked out
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um I think that uh the loneliness uh still impacts me I don't like to be alone but at the same time I've been isolating <laughs> for years so that makes no sense um yeah it's the uncomfortably comfortable yeah 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 isn't that the truth? How strange. You know, it is
1: so strange. Well, one thing that you've talked about in group that I think is, was kind of a pivotal thing for you was when you had to live overseas and, you know, yes. I, that really shaped you. So
0: I, that situation. Um, yeah. My dad took a job overseas and my mom and I went with, cause my brothers were in college at that point. And how old and were I, you? Like five? Mm-hmm, I was five. And I remember, um, you know, just again, like being alone a lot. I remember we had, there was like a cement fish pond in the backyard of this apartment we lived in. And like, I would just hang out. It was filled with water. There's no fish or plants. So, but I would just hang out and pretend it was a pool. I'm hanging out with my friends at the pool. (laughs) I could get in it. I, you know, it was fairly big, and I was only five. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, a lot of that stuff, like just by myself, you know. And when I think about like my kid now, uh, now that I've had kids, a five-year-old, I mean, and my neighbor's pool, I would swim in that all the time. They were like, "Have at it." So I'd be five years old swimming by myself. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was hardly.
1: The issue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The issue was being so little and then I, it just the whole experience was just very strange and very lonely. That's mm-hmm. how I would categorize that. Mm-hmm. So how do you
1: think you're, your childhood manifested as you were like in grade school and high school
0: well you know i mean i would say my first time having a complete uh like something's wrong here was actually right after college um okay. i was in my first year of grad school and my college boyfriend, you know, it had been three years, and he was going to go to grad school, and so was I, and we sort of had things mapped out. And then out of nowhere, he just, just pulled out of the relationship. I mean, it was the oddest thing. He didn't break up with me. He just started seeing someone else. You know, he was at a different college. And I, I just... When when I finally figured it out, and and I, it took me years, I mean years to get over that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still chokes me up. I hate the thought. I my my I have such strong loyalty mm-hmm. to any you know the things that I care about, like this podcast. I'm, st- um, and I just could not get over that you know, he, he would just do something. So it was just so drawn out his ending the relation relationship. And I remember like five years later and stuff thinking, why am I still hung up on this guy? Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking back, that was probably the first time that like, I know my friends were looking at me like, girl, <laughs> what? I mean, yeah. Um, mm. Mm. and yeah, there's just, uh, the main thing for me though, re- repeating is I, I can't, it's like uh, with jobs, I was telling you that that's kind of where it shows up. A lot. I don't know if I try to become friends with my supervisors or win them over. You know that whole thing how we're kind of chameleons and I kind of change for this and I'm now I'm this for that person. I always seem to try to start out like everything's smooth and somehow I I botch things up, you know. I, the procrastination and then I would get to the point where I've waited so long. I had to do whatever it was and I would race through it anxiously. And then it wouldn't be up to par. They'd be like, yep. Th- what are you doing? Like, what is this? And I, I would think, Oh, well, they like me. I've managed, you know, I can manage to make almost anyone like me. I'm a chameleon. Um, They would never, you know, not want me and then that's exactly what ended up happening you know I-, <sighs> I relate
1: i relate i mean i've been sharing about that just like how i always eventually like all of my jobs have ended with me fucking up like self sabotaging in some way and it's never been that i don't ha- i don't possess what's needed to perform the job well but it's like this crazy repetition compulsion that is so outside of consciousness. Um, it's insane. So I, so that's been kind of the big thing for you in the past few months. Like what have you learned? Cause I know you've, you know, you've, I hope that you give yourself credit because you've had a rough go-go at it and I've seen you, continue, like keep on keeping on and, and showing up and being honest. And I think that you're such a good example of, um, the importance of continuing to share the mess, you know, like yeah, <laughs> share the mess. And so right. what have you, what have you, what have been some like pivotal insights that you've, and I've also seen you too, just, um, slowly have more compassion with yourself
0: really? Yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. That, that is something that I, uh, struggle with the most is that inner critic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's wonderful that you feel, cause I don't really see that. Yeah. We never, that's we good. Never if see it's change in us before we see it in ourselves, <laughs> if it's happening, then good. Um, you know, I think that where I've seen the most change is to just guess when you when you know these things, when you know you have this tendency, that, you know, that compulsion, that whatever, whatever it is, to start to recognize, okay, that's that thing just getting kicked back into motion.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: The, you, the event itself all, almost doesn't matter if it's devastating in some way or, mm-hmm. you know, um, to at least see what the patterns are, because then you can kind of pull away from it and not own it so much. Like, it's not me being a fuck up yet again. Oh, it's that thing, that adult child thing that is happening. And you can kind of observe it a little bit from a distance, which gives me the ability to say, well, then I'm not going to do that thing, that whatever.
1: Yeah. I talked about this a little bit in group last night and I discuss it in um, next week's episode. I spoke with Susan Anderson. Um, You should really get her book. It's called Taming the Outer Child. But what she talked about, which really resonated with me a lot, and I think this would be helpful for you too. So, you know, she basically talks about how separating, um, so there's like the inner child that is the feelings and the emotions, and that it's the outer child that is then behaving, reacting based off those feelings and those emotions, and how important it is to separate the two. Because it's like, okay, that we're having these feelings and these emotions, we can't shame ourselves for having those but it's separating out the behavior and saying that the behavior is not the right part, but like we, and I do it, I do it. We, we, we thread the two together, you know, and then shame ourselves for not just the behavior, but also for the emotion. Exactly. When the emotion is healthy and normal I don't know, healthy, right. normal. And to right. be like, it doesn't, it doesn't indicate that there's something inherently wrong with us. Right. Like it makes sense why we have these feelings and these emotions and why we feel less than and all of those things. That's
0: so huge. Yeah. Cause that pause, my therapist talks about having a pause in between mm-hmm. a situation, whatever it is and the action and, um, <sighs> It's hard, but it's yeah it is.
1: <laughs> it takes okay. a lot of practice. Yeah.
0: But yes, I I guess you'd say I, I'm trying to practice that. I'm trying to
1: What has been your experience of of parenting as you've gone through this as you're di- diving into this stuff?
0: So I have always like congratulated myself on being a good parent cuz I was a great babysitter and I was a great camp counselor. And of course, I'm going to be good at this because I love them so much. Mm -hmm. So if I'm already good at the skills and then you throw in the love. Looking. I can see. Where I was not having that pause, I was just having these like explosive reactions all the time. Like my husband sometimes says it's kind of like walking around a minefield walking around you know walking around eggshells to be with me and um I I'm realizing that that they're kind of parent parroting me Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing them go straight to a hundred you know kind of thing so yeah I'm having to number one stop that kind of crap in myself right That acting without thinking and let that example be a better example for them to follow so somehow i gotta fix my shit and fast because now i'm realizing that you know what i'm saying yeah that
1: track.
0: yes trying to grasp that reality that oh what i've been doing which is fucked up like, by the way um now they're doing it exactly to a tee. like my addiction to television i i see that type behavior in my son and i'm just like okay i gotta fix it in me got to get away from that thing and go you know stop isolating and anyway i mm-hmm. hope that it- I can't even remember what the question was Uh,
1: just how parenting has been as you've realized it's hard Um, hard. has there been anything surprising that you've learned about yourself
0: yes okay I I do have an answer to that Um, I hate getting emotional Um, but I do it all the time it's like yeah accept it there's nothing wrong with being emotional yeah there you go acceptance
1: did you get so, that as a kid? As a kid, were you told that it's not okay to cry
0: or be upset? No, but I've I've always been told like, you know, settle down. Like you're you're a bit like a yeah. You yeah. Know, um bull in a china shop. <laughs> so no, I I guess I have um noticed I, I've always been told that I'm strong by different people. Mm-hmm. And I am seeing that now I'm looking back on things that I've done in life. Um, like I dropped out of graduate school and I was determined to not give up on it. And I went back and that was so flipping hard. Um, I mean, my marriage is good, but there's been some really sad points in it. And you know, I keep I now I'm looking back and rather than saying, Yeah, how could you drop out of grad school? I was like, You fucking went back? You badass. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know how it I was, was so embarrassing. It was a very small program. There's only seven people in the program each year. So I mean, and I was the first to have taken a break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) taking a break (laughs) I'm sure my um, program director was horrified she made that clear and so yeah I, I half wonder if she had just thought maybe she'll just find something else to do but I went back yeah that was hard so now I'm finally saying okay maybe you are strong like Maybe you are. Maybe you are. I can look at this and this and this, all these things, and line them up. And yeah, you are. You are strong. Karen, give me three things that you like about yourself. Well, um, w- the top one is that I'm a big, gigantic love bug. I mean, if I love a person or a thing, like that's it, mm-hmm. done. Um, number two is, I think I've got a good sense of humor. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a dark sense of humor, I guess, but I don't know. Um, and I know I'm a good person. Like, I just wish people would just be nice to each other. Like all the really nasty stuff that happens. It just, I wish people would just, yeah. Be nice to each other and get her. along. Play nice. Like we're back in kindergarten or something. Yeah. Play nice. <laughs> okay. Give
1: me a hope or dream for the future.
0: Hope or dream. Um, my hope is to uh, continue learning, which, you know, about all this, continue going to the groups and maybe get to a point where the compassion that you're saying that you see is more of a thing that is regular or that I'm aware of, or, you know, cause I'm very aware of the inner critic. So. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that I'm not even aware of any self compassion, but you're saying you've noticed it. That's messed up. Don't you think it's to be expected part of the part of the
1: um the whole pie I guess
0: yes the whole pie <laughs> the well,
1: whole pie well you are a very special part of our group and it wouldn't be the same without you so we love having you we love having you should show Karen
0: I love the group and I love you too and I just think all your work is so important oh, thanks Karen getting the word out there yeah, Shit Show
1: Nation. <laughs> well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups. And it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod and give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye.
0: slow now Don't let it all go